Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Singapore Homebrew on Money FM 89.3. Welcome back. We are now going to talk about the state of accessibility in the arts in Singapore and how the Singapore Repertory Theater is presenting special needs productions, helping folks through with different communities to still be participants in the arts. Joining us to talk about that, Saren Chen, the Engagement Officer in Learning and Engagement at the Singapore Repertory Theater, SRT, and Isaac Lim, a member of the IYC. Welcome. Glad to have both of you in the studio today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Great. Wonderful stuff. Well, Great. Saran, let's kick off with you because I met you for the first time at that wonderful event at Parkway Parade for the Guide Dogs of Singapore. And you told me, and to my ignorance, I knew a little bit about this, but not as much as I should. So first, kick things off. Give us an overview of what exactly you guys do. On the access side of things at the Singapore Repertory Theatre, SRT, we do a, a, a number of different things. So we produce uh, access shows for all of our different uh, productions. So ever since the end of 2018, I believe almost every single show has had an access show or relaxed performance. And what that means is that usually it's just one show per production. For the access show, we'll provide um, services like audio description for the vision impaired, Singapore Sign Language Interpretation, and also Creative captioning for the deaf and hard of hearing. And then, of course, we also have our relaxed performances, which are a situation where the rules of the theatre are a little bit more relaxed. So people are able to vocalise during the show. The house lights may not be completely off during. People are, are allowed to come in and out of the theatre freely. And there's also like a chill-out room outside for anyone who needs to decompress. So that's really good for anyone who... Um, has autism or has sensory sensitivities, mm. people with dementia, Tourette's, anything like that. So it's pretty multi-purpose in that sense. So those are the, the shows yeah. that we put on. Interesting. And then there's also, uh, we have um, a theatre-making training program called Inclusive Young Company. Perhaps you may have heard of The Young Company, which is a program that we have run for young actors aged uh, 16 to 25 for many years now. And since three years ago, uh, we have uh, begun running Inclusive Young Company for people who identify as deaf, disabled, or neurodivergent in any way. So Isaac here is... Uh, was a member of uh, the Inclusive Young Company up until last semester. This semester, he transitioned to becoming a creative enabler with us, but um, is still, you know, completely immersed in the culture of IYC and also the show that uh, they put up recently titled Open the Curtains, which is was about the impact of disability and institutionalization on mental health, which is a rather heavy topic. Yeah. Now, this is fascinating to me because I think 10 years ago, we would not have been having this conversation in Singapore. Singapore has has really grown and evolved. And Isaac, Isaac Lim, I want to bring you on. You're mm-hmm. an actor. And as uh, as was just mentioned, you were part of the inclusive young company, IYC. And now, mm-hmm. you've, now you are helping to be more of a facilitator. What did that IYC help you to achieve? Why was it important for you to be part of that community? Uh, Firstly, I was already an actor and performer before my disability attained in uh, late 2019. Mm. So at that point of time, I was like, as a person who needs a wheelchair, most probably I won't be able to get back on stage again. However, with uh, IYC, it gave me a chance to realize that um, there are 
many different ways which I can still contribute and be part of the theatre and art making community and even as an actor I can still be on stage with my wheelchair and performing roles which are unique to itself because it lends a different perspective mm. when it, which I bring along with it and it helped me to relearn the whole thing about accessibility in a whole new way. And um, from there, I got to make a lot of friends and also learned other skills, you know, with disabled theatre making altogether. Yeah. Isaac, as a, a wheelchair-using performer, just mm. tell us a bit about that journey, how you found out about IYC, and maybe tell us about the first production you did with them. Was it daunting? Was it intimidating? What was that like? And then bring it up to date with the most recent one you did. Yeah. I think at the first, um, it was, I think I actually just started at the perfect time. I was 2020 when I was just coming out of hospital and, you know, finding myself again. And uh, I, I got to know the lead artist of IYC, Grace Liku. She, she said, you know, come and join, because I knew her like way before uh, as, uh, as an artist already. So um, I uh, joined the program and I learned how to interact with other differently abled although that's not a very good term here, but, you know, very a diverse community of people who like and enjoy the arts and um, theatre making. So we're coming together and we, we relearned a lot of things about moving, uh, about speaking and about uh, the concept of excess theatre making in, in, in a way. Mm. And um, it's, it's also about putting what I knew about art making and applying it to a different context. Uh, and it, it helped me grow my confidence again because um, what you thought was lost and then found with, mm. with, with this community. And uh, when, when what we first did was actually just monologues because, you know, it's right. a very diverse community of different people with different uh, skills and different abilities. Some are... Um, we have deaf and right. and even blind, visually impaired, and also uh, neurodivergent youths in in the group. And at first, our first production was really about um, speaking what you want to speak or challenging the topics um, which you would want to through simple monologues, you know, five to ten minute monologues. And then now, two three years down the road, we're doing. We're devising a whole new 55, 60 minute play on, you know, a play. Uh, we, we, we worked on, Sarah, um, for the most recent Open the Curtains, we worked on Sarah Kane's 4.48 Psychosis, which is such a deep and mm. uh, difficult play to attempt. And we, we devised it. We took the topic of uh, mental health, we tore it apart, and we put it the, the different lens of um, disability. And we, we just made it into a very unique show of our own and working as a group and as a community which supports each other. I think I did see myself grow as an artist and also as a creative supporter also for this group of friends yeah. which are very close now. We're talking with Isaac Lim who is a member of IYC uh, that is uh, also short for Inclusive Young Community, and also Saren Chen, the Engagement Officer in Learning and Engagement at SRT, the Singapore Repertory Theatre. Saren, this is, this is fascinating. The, the programs that you're doing, the way that IYC is helping, I think, as you said, Isaac, differently abled, and I, and I want to get to what is the right way to talk about this, you know, what is the terminology that is, that is right to, to, to use this, but this, this is opening up pathways and doors for people that 
prior to this would not have been able to mm. participate in in this organization and in doing these kinds of, of plays. Is is that correct? In at least in the Singapore context. Yes, absolutely. There are so few places in Singapore that have infrastructure or, or programs. Um, that or mindset. Are, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or that allow, right. allow for people with disabilities to participate. Isaac here is a wheelchair user, but we also have participants with Down syndrome or are vision impaired or all these different things, you know, and they each have different needs. You can't just have, you can't just... Everyone's journey is different, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. You yeah. can't just like put sort of one solution on the table and have it try and apply to everyone. So actually it really does require, you know, people who have the right mindset, who are flexible in their approach, especially in Singapore where we don't actually have that much expertise in this field compared to uh, other countries. The, the practice of working in the arts with disabled people uh, is more established. Mm. So um, part of what we do at SRT as well is that um, we also have training programs for mm. people like uh, myself um, who do audio description for theatre, building expertise with our Singapore Sign Language interpreters to interpret for theatre because that's so different than, than a conference. You know, mm. it's a completely different mm. experience. And also uh, trainings for our teaching artists to work um, with people with disabilities of varying kinds because it is also these communities that in particular have never felt they had access to the arts or theatre right. or things that we take for granted. So and how did this come about? I mean, I'm looking at your title, the Engagement Officer mm-hmm. in Learning and Engagement at the Singapore Repertory Theatre. Yes. I'm under the impression that SRT is leading the way. Tell me if I'm wrong about that. How did this come about in the first place? Are you the first Engagement Officer in Learning and Engagement? Was there one before you? I'm very interested in the origin of this story. Right. Well, I, th- I think we are leading the way. Yeah. Um, I don't think there are any theatre companies that do more access shows than no. we do and um, organise the amount of trainings that we have over the last couple of years. This actually didn't start with me. Right. I believe it was actually... We had a learning and engagement manager named Paul Adams who is has returned to the UK, unfortunately. So the, the group of us in Singapore have sort of taken over from him and have um, and are trying to continue on his legacy, so to speak, uh, working on improving accessibility in the arts in Singapore. So me personally, I, I was actually first acquainted with SRT a couple of years ago when I was working in the Singapore Art Museum and they were working on a touch collection oh. for people with vision impairment to uh, touch um, certain objects and get to know art, uh, certain artworks better through yeah. the medium of touch. And so through that, um, I got to know that there was an audio description for theatre training being conducted um, by, I wouldn't say by SRT, it was by Access to Arts, which is an Australia-based um, company who provide uh, these kinds of services. SRT, I believe, had engaged them to come and give a training, so I attended that training. And since then, I've been doing audio description for museums, galleries, um, theatres, dance, um, and film, as, yeah, that and as far as you're aware, your SRT is the only theatre in Singapore no, doing this? No, there's no, more. No, there, okay. are, there are other theatres. Wild Rice is another one right. that has um, uh, relatively consistently been having excess performances. Um, for other theatres, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Isaac, it's been a little bit more inconsistent. Sometimes it sort of pops up once in a while, depending on, I think, the production, depending on the people leading the production. Mm. Interesting. Isaac, uh, let's bring you back in. When you, when you look Inside Singapore and then outside Singapore, what other countries may be doing to from what you've seen where Singapore is at the beginning of the journey when it comes to this, if, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. what are the 
what are the next sort of benchmarks? What are the next milestones that Singapore and Singapore theater, whether it's SRT or others, need to need to hit to keep this journey moving forward for so, folks like yourself that want to participate but have different needs in doing that? Uh, definitely, it's being more open and engaging with um, different types of performers and um, le- letting them have the training opportunity first in the first as a first step, I would say. And from there, you know, they can these different actors can then progress in whatever roles that they want to. I think there's really no restrictions in that. I mean, it would be new, but it's not impossible that you can see a Romeo in a wheelchair. Mm. Why not in that sense? Because mm. if we can have different people play, we, we can have people playing disabled characters on stage. Then why not we have disabled persons playing? your so-called normal characters Abled. on stage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, it's, yeah. it's about pro- giving them the training, allowing them to come into the space to train with others because theatre making is always a community work. You need a whole team of people to come together. And when, when the disabled community artists, um, disabled artists who, who aspire to grow in the art scene have that um, adequate training, then they can go and explore. And in fact, I... I, I see there's a, definitely an opportunity that disabled artists can also create their own companies or or collectives to do performances in future. Mm. And as, um, of course, most importantly, is having the fundings to yeah. go supporting. Which, in which we'll definitely get to. But staying with that point that Glenn made, Isaac, that's the software. I'm mm-hmm. interested in the hardware, the infrastructure, the existing theatre spaces we have. What is accessibility like? I mean, I'm guessing I could be completely wrong. Older establishments such as the Victoria Theatre, uh, maybe one or two others around Singapore. What is the accessibility light in these older, well-established theatres that can go back decades? Mm-hmm. Do they have the accessibility you need? Uh, I can only speak in terms of um, for a wheelchair user myself. Of course. Interestingly, Singapore have done quite a bit for refurbishing our theatre spaces. So even Victoria Theatre... And Victoria Concert Hall is actually accessible. There are rows of seats mm. that are nearer to certain levels, which are, you know, flat, and the spaces are okay. But there, of course, if you talk about the small indie spaces, then yeah. that would be more difficult because normally there would be stairs and and such. Uh, I would say one of the better and better spaces which I love to go. It's definitely Esplanade because uh, they they have uh, they have flat grounds everywhere and yeah. they have the staff who are trained to help assist um, disabled patrons in the theatre space. That's an interesting point, sir, yeah. and just to follow up on that. Staff training, how are we doing with that department in the theatre scene generally? So it's uh, it's it's always an ongoing process, right? So as I mentioned, um, our, our manager, Paul, um, left Singapore a couple of months ago, and so we have a new team, and the new team needs to be trained. Our front-of-house staff at uh, KC Art Centre, SRT's um, theatre, also sort of need to be trained whenever we have a new batch in. So it really does need to be an ongoing, an ongoing process. Yeah. As far as um, infrastructure, you were talking about hardware in the theatre. Um, I think I can speak a little bit about the audio description side of things. For those of you who are unaware, for audio description for theatre, it happens live. Audio describers are somewhere in the theatre with a view of the stage. Huh. They're speaking into a microphone, oh, wow. describing live what's going wow, on. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, because 
it's different every night. Of course, yeah. It's not like a movie where every single second is, you know, will be the same every time. So you have to account for things like props not being where they actually were supposed to be or actors forgetting their lines and skipping to another part, things like that. Oh, my gosh. Um, And so the system that we use to connect the audio describers to our vision-impaired patrons, so, I mean, there are different systems. The one that we use in SRT is called uh, Mobile Connect. It's by Sennheiser. Um, and uh, different um, theatres in Singapore will use different systems as well. Hmm. Some places even have, uh, for our deaf and hard of hearing audiences, uh, what they call a hearing loop. This I'm not 100% very clear on exactly how it works, but what it does is it it connects directly to people's um, hearing aids um, hmm. and um, will sort of amplify sort of the relevant sound for, for the show. Wow. Imagine you're in an outdoor space and yeah. you have a hearing aid. It's going to be picking up all sorts of things that you don't really want to hear so the hearing loop in the space will allow the, the sounds of the show or whatever you're focusing on to come straight into people's um, hearing oh. devices so things well, like that yeah we have to we have to give a shout out at, you know to charlotte Norris, the managing director of srt and also to garv kripalani artistic director and you, you know we've had them on the show before talking about a lot of of the current plays that are out there but this this is a new well for me anyway and i think probably for neil this is a new tangent on how the larger Singapore community can be supportive of communities that haven't had a voice, literally and figuratively, right? And to your point earlier, Isaac, you know, everyone's got a different thing that they need help with or that they need assistance with perhaps, or maybe they don't. Maybe they just need an, an outlet for it. And so seeing this, seeing this is just, it's really, um, it's really fascinating and I think heartening to me, yeah, to, to see that this is going on, and I think Singapore does a pretty good job in some of the some of the hardware of, you know, curb cuts for wheelchairs and and braille and this and that on, in public places. But I think some of these softer areas, we still have a long way to go compared to many of the competitors in in, in the region. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, that's why I was so pleased to get these guys on the show. Absolutely, because I was so. Happy to see this was happening. And let's talk, Seren, because you put on a lot of productions last year and Isaac was involved with a few. Let's talk about the dollars and cents because <laughs> at the end, it is Singapore. We're all about the yeah, money. Got to pay the bills, right? Gotta, yeah. Do they make money, basically? Because, of course, you need funding, but all artistic productions all over the world require either private or public funding. So that's not unique. But let's tell people, are you putting bums on seats? That's the most important thing. It's certainly not exactly a profitable enterprise so we have to be very thankful to um, places like GIC to Masik Foundation, Tra Foundation for providing the funding for us to do all of these things from the trainings to the shows to making Inclusive Young Company and their shows happen Mm -hmm. it is a difficult journey it's a long journey, it's going to be a long journey and we knew that from the get go Mm -hmm. and of course um, I I can speak for SRT that we aren't getting nearly the number of bums in the seats as many of those as we would like. But we we knew that because it's not just a matter of providing the service. It is also a matter of um, getting the word out, educating the public, because these communities are ones who have not historically ever felt like the theatre could be a place that they could go. Right. I mean, you know, in Singapore, just getting getting the general public to be interested in the arts, that's already, it's already a massive <laughs> that's already, challenge. Uh, you're already yes. rolling the stone uphill yes, on that exactly, one. Especially exactly. post-pandemic, it's been yes. quite challenging. Yes, yes. Yeah. And of course, um, you know, for these communities who haven't felt like these spaces are accessible to them, it's even more difficult to get them to be like, hey, what 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 is this? This might be of interest 
to me personally um, because you know choosing what show to attend in a theater is, is a rather personal choice as well let's talk about let's talk about what's coming up right for 2024 you've got some auditions uh, for the inclusive young company right yes. the IYC so, take us through what is possible if somebody out there is listening and either wants to participate personally or has a family member or friend that might want to yes. what's what's up next for somebody who wants to get involved right so if you are someone who's interested in inclusive young company or know someone who might be if you google inclusive young company SRT you'll come to our uh, page on our website where we'll direct you to um, our audition application form nice. as for the auditions we generally uh, we, we ask is to have uh, two monologues uh, memorized and to be presented with differing uh, emotions to be mm-hmm. presented, but we do have uh, accommodations for those for whom memorization may be incredibly difficult, may even be impossible. Mm-hmm. We can uh, accommodate for that as well for those uh, who may have a speech impediment or anything like that. It's obviously case by case, yeah. so mm-hmm. please just you're flexible. Out to us. Yes, we're we're really quite flexible. Yeah. Um, our lead teaching artist, as uh, Isaac mentioned before, Grace Lee Koo, she'll have an in person or even over Zoom audition with you, working uh, together with you to see whether you're a good fit, whether we can work together, what creative energy do you bring into the space? I think actually that's the most important part. Mm. So don't be scared. Awesome. And just to add to that, Isaac, you were previously a performer. You've been in many productions. And now you're saying you're a little bit more involved in the creative production side. Is that, is mm-hmm. that true? Yeah. Does that basically mean now you can just cast yourself? Is there any nepotism going on here? Or do you still have to audition <laughs> like everybody else? Uh, at IYC, I'm not a lead artist, so I will pass it on to Grace yeah. to, to decide what role I'll be suitable oh, okay. for. But definitely, if I'm doing my own production with enough funds, then, you know, I write my own plays. I can <laughs> I can do a monologue by myself, technically. So. Awesome. We have to leave it there, folks. But thank you so much for being with us. We've been talking with Saren Chen, the Engagement Officer in Learning and Engagement at uh, SRT, Singapore Repertory Theatre. And... Isaac Lim, a member of IYC, an actor. Been great to have this conversation. We hope to have you back on when the the next production's coming out. We can talk more about it. Thank you so much. Just briefly tell us, which is the first production in 2024 that we need to look out for? So we actually have one coming up next week. Oh, great. (laughs) There's one called uh, Afterlife, which is the year-end production by our The Young Company. That is at 9th of December at 4 p.m. That's an access performance. And also we have Errol's Garden, which is for our younger audiences coming up in March 2024. That will have access and relaxed performances as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you for having us. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.